You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today I am here with Josh Lewis. Josh is the co-founder of Co-Movement, formerly known as the Garage Gym. He is also the co-founder of Fit Kids Fit Future, which is a health and physical education curriculum company whose curriculum is now in over 60 schools in five U.S. states and Australia. And today I wanted to pick his brain on a course that he runs called The Future of Happiness. Uh, Josh is running a trip down to Costa Rica through our uh, custom side of what we do with under 30 experiences called custom experiences and uh, you guys are going to be going over in detail what uh, the future of happiness looks like so I'm pretty excited uh, for your program down there and uh, happy anyway I can contribute so Josh welcome yeah thanks Matt I appreciate the uh, opportunity to connect and uh or uh, or help some people out here with uh, some of the stuff that we're doing here. Of course, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I'd love to really just get into hearing a little bit more about your background, your story, and how is one qualified to do a course, uh, to conduct a course on happiness. Uh, you must just be a happy guy, as I can tell by your smile. If you guys are listening on iTunes, mm -hmm. this is going to be up on YouTube as well. So uh, yeah, you can you can check out what Josh looks like and see he's the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, for me, um, the story really started back right when I graduated from college you know, I was entered into, um, you know, just the normal workforce. I was doing some uh, insurance work. Um, and I I just, I had the the normal life, you know, I had the student debt, I got the new car, you know, I bought a house, I was working nine to five at two weeks of vacation. And, you know, for the most part, I really had things laid out well, you know, um, from an outsider's perspective. But, I really had this gut feeling um, that there had to be more uh, fulfillment in life and like more adventure um, and just more excitement day to day than looking forward to the next weekend or like, you know, getting over the Wednesday hump day and then thank God it's Friday. And um, I don't know, it was just, you know, I, I lasted in that job three years and that was surprising to me. Um and then I had a series of odds and end jobs over a two to three year period, you know, everything from the post office to a golf caddy, um, to construction, to beer delivery guy, um, you know, a lot of different things I dabbled with. And, and you know, again, I, I still hadn't found what was that made me click. And, you know, I, I gave so many things an honest chance. And so, Really, what it came down to was I wanted to be an entrepreneur, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, and and you know, looking back at it, when I was a kid, you know, I would, you know, um, buy a dirt bike for cheap, sell it for more money, you know, um, you know, just lawn mowing and just selling things and Craigslist and you know, um, so probably not the best employee, but you know, entrepreneurship's where I wanted to go. Um, so. Yeah, so I, I got out of that phase and 
what I had found was that um, what I was doing for fun a lot was working with people with health and fitness and for free. Um, I was working um, in the basement of a YMCA in Syracuse, New York um, for free. I was just training people to get healthier and it was really fulfilling. And I got to a point where so many coworkers and friends were asking about working with me that I finally, you know, started charging just a little bit. I think at the time it was like 20 bucks a session. And, you know, through that, I really had some epiphanies like, look, maybe I can give this a go, you know, um, started inviting people over to my house started a blog, um, sort of, you know, tracking, you know, my own workouts and my experience with CrossFit and the CrossFit games and the regionals and whatnot. And it grew and grew. And then, you know, in 2010, I decided to, uh, put up a brand new home and, uh, throw a garage in the backyard. And All right. I, yeah. I told my parents that I was, um, you know, quitting that insurance job and, uh, you know, some of the other gigs that I had going and, uh, they were, they thought I was crazy. <laughs> sure. And I said, I was going to train people full time. And, um, you know, we live in a very rural part in, uh, central New York. And, you know, to, to say that a lot of people thought that it wouldn't succeed would be an understatement, but in my mind, it made sense that, if that feels right, that's, that was the direction that I should be going, you know? Awesome. Awesome. How, how did you, how did you know, uh, how were you able to trust that intuition? I don't know. I, I've said for years, I really operate on that. You know, I, I read a lot. I have a great circle of family, uh, friends. Um, you know, my sister is my best friend. Uh, just, I'm lucky to be, are surrounded with just amazing people. And I think through that comes influence. Um, and if your influence is right, you know, your gut is probably going to point you in the right direction. I, I know that I, I was definitely not making any decisions based on ego, right? Like, yeah, let's call my, you know, myself a CEO or, you know, I'm the new startup. Like it was really nothing, nothing like that. It just organically grew. Um, and yeah, we started out with a 900 square foot garage uh, in my backyard. Uh, we had no heat, no bathroom, no insulation, and people kept coming in and paying. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. That's so, uh, that's all you can all you can ask for getting started. That's that's beautiful. And I wanted to actually ask you about some of the nitty gritty details because mm -hmm. so right now I'm writing a book on uh, travel but I'm in the very beginning stages uh, actually the first chapter is about overcoming the fear mm -hmm. and then the next few chapters before we get into travel hacks and uh, where to select places to go and getting meaning from travel and all, all of that I really want to start at the core foundation and talk about the fear people have around yeah. doing something that they really want to do, whether it's traveling or mm -hmm. being a digital nomad or starting a business so they can work from their laptop. Um, I, so I wanted to actually ask you, first of all, when you decided, all right, three years in the insurance business, that's enough for me. Where, where was that moment, uh, like, for example, uh, then you just 
did you did you just shut down? I mean, you had all of the stuff that they tell us we need. Mm. So mm. the the student debts, the car payments, or the mm. uh, the new house, and and how did you overcome that fear of oh my god, how am I going to mm. afford all of this stuff? Yeah. So for me, I, I remember the exact moment. It was about three days in out of the three years that I stayed there um, that I took a look around at my coworkers, right? Um, we always say like, you are your environment, right? And sure. so, you know, I was looking at people 10, 20, 30 years older than me, overweight, unhappy, not satisfied in life, you know, waiting for retirement. And I was like, 24, I think. And I was like, no way, no way is this going to go on for 30 or 40 more years. So me, I have always enjoyed math and sort of like a common sense approach. And so, you know, I had expenses for sure. Um, I come from no money, um, but I put it all on paper in terms of what was the outgoing, what's the incoming. And then if the incoming is hacked, you know, how is that going to be supplemented with training and side work and whatever it takes to survive to make that transition. So like, you know, I, I, I break it down into three phases. So phase 1.0 is, you know, cubicle life, not inspiring. Phase 2.0 is living a dream life um, and really pushing forward. Phase 1.5 is a phase that many people miss. And I think that's what you're talking about is that fear part. Because sure. you have to have some kind of a plan and a vision, not just passion, right? Like um, there's books that say, yeah, find your passion. Well, passion doesn't pay the bills, right? right. So, you know, over there was a reason that I stayed with that job for an additional, you know, two years and nine months there past that aha moment. And that's because I was formulating a plan. Um, you know, in my industry at the time, especially when it was just me, it was really quite easy to figure out what it would take to make ends meet, right? Like, um, how many sessions a week, what are you going to charge? Do you have any overhead insurances and whatnot? And then just compare, you know, can I pay my bills? And, um, for me, it actually, it, it only took about six months once I dove in to surpass, um, you know, that insurance salary and, you know, then we added staff and uh, that's a whole nother, uh, you know, story there. Some great stuff. Excellent. Uh, that That's awesome to hear. And it sounds like what was scarier than not being able to pay your bills or any, any fears uh, that may have popped into your head would be looking around yourself and saying, okay, I don't want to turn into this person. This looks really scary. I don't want to be trapped here in the cubicle for the rest of my life. Um, yep. So I, I'm glad that you were able to take that that look around, around you. And uh, Josh, I'm curious how you were able to identify what would make you happy in life? Because mm. like how you said, you, you gave an honest shot at making other things work. You didn't just show up mm. for two weeks in the insurance business and say, ah, this isn't for me. I'm out of here. Mm. You waited mm. around for three years uh, and you really gave it a shot. And then you did other side gigs, it sounded mm. like, to to try out different things that you could, uh, that you could potentially pursue. So I'm curious mm. uh, exactly the, the strategy that you took. Yeah, it's being self-aware of what your values are 
And okay. so, you know, I've always identified values as where you spend your, spend your time, money, energy, and thoughts. And I live by that to this day. And so all of my time, money, energy, and thoughts was going into training, training other people, reading about nutrition, reading about life coaching, speaking. Um, really, that was my life. And so I didn't really have to look too far into, you know, how can I take that hobby, right, at the time and just turn that into a vocation. And I do it still to this day, like, you know, that's how really how Fit Kids came up, Future of Happiness came up, some different ideas that I'm playing with. Um, where is where is my time, money, energy, and thoughts? And it, you, people are lucky if they can have both, right? So if their values are, let's say, health and movement, and then they can also make a living on that and enjoy it, you're, you're living you're living the dream, but you're really living a, a life that most people strive to hit in retirement, which is honestly, it's so sad. Um, you know, 65 years old, it's like, um, you know, I, I hear it time and time again. And they just did that study with, I forget who it was. It was a nurse, right? She interviewed the terminally ill patients. The number one regret was, I wish I had done what I wanted to do in life, Oof. like from a passion standpoint. And, you know, to me, you don't have to look too far to say like, um, that why not now? you know, like, like sure. right now. And I always, I, I always put the, the phrase on it, like take immediate action, you know, uh, reading books and like doing different course and self-help work and stuff is good, but only to a point. And a lot of times that in itself is just paralysis and excuses to get started. Absolutely. You know, like today people listening, like if this inspires even one person, that's cool. But, um, tonight, like start laying it out. Today. Absolutely. Yeah. Right now. Stop. Stop the interview. Delete the interview. You don't need to hear anything else that Josh says after this because you can go and, and get started. That, and that's to me, that's what inspiration really should be about mm -hmm. is to inspire action, not just mm -hmm. to get you excited inside and then you go off to your cubicle and daydream. That's 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 not what this this is about. Um, and, and Josh, you said something interesting about your time, your money, and did you say the third thing was your mental energy? Yeah, energy and thoughts. Energy yeah. and thoughts. Okay, so I've always thought of time and money as currencies. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess Tim Ferriss probably was the person to popular, popularize uh, this concept of mm -hmm. uh, time being your currency, and it's the only one that you can... Uh, you can't make more of. Of course, you mm -hmm. can try to buy your time back if you can. Mm -hmm. So whether that means um, hiring an assistant to do things that you don't want to do or uh, now they I just learned about that. I didn't just learn about it, uh, but there's an app called Favor here in Austin where you can you can buy your time back by Telling, asking someone to run to the dry cleaner for you mm -hmm. or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, whatever your favor that you need done. And that literally buys, you can buy your time back, yep. uh, right? And, or, you know, if you're selecting a flight, here's another example. You're selecting a flight. Well, you can buy your time back by buying the direct mm -hmm. flight. Uh, it's going to probably be yep. more expensive, but that's a, a way in which you can do that as well. But I, what I really like 
is the idea of mental energy. And so mm-hmm. I think about where I spend my mental energy quite a lot, but I've never thought of it as a currency. So could mm-hmm. you expand a little bit on your mental energy and thought and how people can maybe be more mindful of where this is going? Yeah. You know, if, for example, you know, I'll just use my example. If you're thinking about, you know, your workout at the end of the day, you're thinking about, you know, eating and what you're eating and how you're prepping your food. And then you're, um, you know, thinking about, you know, what books within those fields I'm going to be reading and whatnot. That's all energy, mental energy. Um, and again, so if you can almost, you know, use yourself as a guinea pig, right? And then translate what you're living and doing and then create a following behind that, that's that's the answer, you know? Um, I see so many people that, and I think it's Mr. Money Mustache. Um, I was just emailing with him the other day, super cool guy. Um, you know, he always says like, there's a reason that people when they hit 65 or 70 only have the energy to play bingo, right? Sure. Because they have totally smoked their mental energy for 40 years, right? Not in all cases by any means, um, but they've smoked their mental energy on areas that they don't, aren't inspired by, um, you know, is using none of their creative energy. And so you have to tailor the two as one, Um, I I truly believe that. And so, for example, like, you know, if you're into reading about, you know, let's say architecture and, you know, eco-friendly design, small footprint type stuff, you know, maybe you want to start looking into becoming a general contractor or picking up a hammer and doing some side jobs. Like, so the two correlate as one, you know, and and then you want to talk about productivity, you know, that's it right there because your mind's not 10,000 other places. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And as they always say, if you don't use it, you lose it. So Mm -hmm. if you're not using your creativity, if you're not learning new things, I mean, it is scientifically proven that your brain is not going to, is not going to, you know, that's, that's the start of dementia is when your synapses are no longer firing in that way. You're not creating new Mm -hmm. neural pathways. And if you're not creating new neural pathways, your brain is probably shrinking. And that's a, that's a pretty scary, yeah, that's, that's a pretty scary thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's con- continual learning, sure. and the 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 societal norm of like um, thirty forty year careers in one job like that's scary to me because how much are you learning? You know, how much are you going outside your comfort zone? Um, how much are you failing? Because we know that failing leads to growth. Um, you're really not because you're comfortable, but comfortable is to me is like stagnation, right? And we know when you stagnate, you're just decaying. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I would like to see everyone doing like five to seven year careers. That would be awesome. Sure, (laughs) sure. What are are some of the ways, Josh, that you get your clients uh, out of their comfort zone? Well, primarily at co-movement, um, it's through living a healthier lifestyle because that, you know, more than anyone, like changing those kind of habits is super hard, Sure, you know, um, 
and they're beat up so much um, prior to coming with us with negative fitness experiences at other facilities. Um, you know, I don't even call really co-movement a fitness business, right? We're sort of in the business of helping people grow, you know, and that comes through health. There's really, to me, there's no other roundabout way of that. Um, and so that in, in and of itself, having people to learn to get a chin up or, you know, work on maybe a handstand or squatting or something or a new eating routine, that is discomfort and challenging right there. You know, I can, um, yeah, I can imagine. And, and does yeah, that, yeah. does that, do you see that confidence then trickle over into a, other areas of people's lives? Yeah, that's the main motivator. It's funny because as coaches, we have five of them. Um, we do get excited when people accomplish things physically, but once you do this for so long, um, really what gets us up in, in the morning is seeing people, you know, whether they enter into a new relationship that they have the confidence now, um, they quit that shitty job and they go get something they want to do. Um, I have countless examples of this. Um, and you know, it's, that's, that's the mechanism, right? Like when you find health, you find happiness. Um, and, and then from there you have the guts to go out and be brave. Uh, but without that, um, you know, you truly are, you know, really running on that hamster wheel. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And, um, once, uh, I really believe that once people, people are more physically healthy, you know, then mm -hmm. their, their minds start to calm. They have, they can be mm -hmm. more intentional and more clear in their thoughts. Uh, and then they can start progressing in other areas of their life mm -hmm. and well, become more happy. So I, I'd really like to hear more about your course uh, on happiness. Yeah, it, it really started out through fitness um, and just observation. So working with the hundreds of clients that we do, you start to see patterns. Um, and with those patterns, we were seeing the lack of fulfillment in people's lives. Um, I think I just read the other day that 92% of people that set a goal never accomplish the goal, right? Wow. Um, there's man many reasons for that. Um, but time and time again, like, you know, I always joke, like 50% of being a coach, you're a counselor, <laughs> right? You hear everybody's stories, negative, positives, everything in between. But after a while, I started to really see a, a growing trend of people not having a vocation that they like, um, and really not even identifying with anything that they're passionate in life. And I ask people frequently and still do today, like, tell me about your dreams. You know, what is your one, three and five year plan? And it is mind blowing still that the majority, and I mean, well over half Matt have no dreams. Wow. None. And then I hear the, the lame excuse that they say, well, you know, I don't want to put pressure on myself. And so that way I don't set dreams. And I can respect that. But at the end of the day, you need motivation. Right. right? Um, and so that just a series of that and then seeing these uh, kids go from high school to college without a clue on what they want to do. And they're all signing on dotted lines, taking, you know, $200,000 loans for four years 
Um, what are we doing in the schools um, to provide framework on happiness <laughs> and fulfillment in life? And there wasn't anywhere. It's not in guidance counseling. That's not being done at the colleges very well. It's definitely not being done in fitness facilities. Um, when it all comes down to, we say the only logical pursuit in life is happiness. So, but no one's teaching it. Right. So, uh, yeah, I just took a, I took, uh, it's funny. I took 82 pages. I'll never forget that of notes, observations in three years, uh, single spaced, um, okay. after sessions, I would just document, document, document. And then I finally got it boiled down to five different modules, um, and then after I built those out, I just started doing private consulting with that. Um, and that's really where we stand now. We're looking at integrating that course, obviously within the immersions with custom experiences. Um, but the framework that we've built, um, I can just review it quick if you'd like. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Let's, uh, let's get people excited about it. Yeah, so we start with a questionnaire, um, quite lengthy, four pages that ask people everything from their favorite subjects, least favorite subjects, um, favorite vacations, hobbies, whatnot, um, four pages of information. And the reason I worked with a consultant, uh, Sharon Preet from Calgary, she's a life coach, um, to help design that. And we realized that the cobwebs <laughs> here... People aren't asked questions that um, open their brain much, right? It's it's the day-to-day -day routine. And so that questionnaire helps people sort of just put some garbage on paper, some ideas, some thoughts, some random stuff. There's no point behind it other than opening your brain, right? Sure. And then module two, we get into dreams and goals. Um, you know, we lay out vocational goals. We lay out uh, physical, social, financial um, yeah, one other category, there's five of them. And there's a framework in terms of that, that they follow a future happiness framework on how to actually achieve the goal, right? Um, because you may have a goal, let's say, you know, uh, save 500 bucks a month, right? But again, we know 92% don't accomplish the goal. So what's missing within that, right? And so we think that we've decoded, um, you know, a process to help people stay accountable to themselves um, and not be afraid to put goals on paper. That's huge, 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 huge. Excellent. Um, you know, and then from there, what we do is we get into uh, discovering personal values. It's a questionnaire, uh, quite lengthy, um, that you really can't hide from or fake the answers. Um, it's fairly well written. We had some help with that. Um, and so once we have their values, uh, we have them look back and see if their values correlate to their goals. Because if they don't, you have two choices. You need to change your goals or you need to change your values. Sure. Because if our if we're putting all of our time, money, energy, and thoughts into a certain area of our life, but then our goals are X, Y, Z, and they don't correlate, it's a waste of time, right? So if your goal is to lose 10 pounds and nutrition is not on the top seven or eight of your values, it's not going to happen. It's sure. just not going to happen. And it's just real talk. And we speak with clients very candidly with that. And um, there's a high level of respect for that because you see the nodding, you see the smiling, um, they get it, 
you know. Um, and then from there, we get into hidden genius. So this takes your dreams and goals, your values, and then we have them create, whether it's a, a vocational job from an employee standpoint or entrepreneurial idea that helps benefit mankind, the planet, or animals. And it sounds overly simplistic, but unless you're creating value for something in this world, it's not a good place to be, right? Sure. And so we have a framework built out for that. And then finally, module five is taking action. Um, with that, we divide it into employees and um, entrepreneurs. And there's a framework on building out mission, vision, demographic. How are you unique? Um, you know, different levels of funding. It's maybe 20 steps or so um, into making it a real world thing. You know, um, instead of saying, I've got a great idea, but you've had that great idea for six years and haven't done anything about it. Taking action, that has you actually putting that idea on paper okay. and then form, formulating concrete steps. Okay, very good. And, and I want to ask, uh, Josh, is this available online for anybody who is, is listening or is there a way to get uh access to it and this is in no way a infomercial for your immersion trip that you're running down to costa rica um mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if you just have that trip for your private client base uh or mm -hmm. if anybody listening could could sign up uh but i did just want to clarify because we will always want to give actionable things for people mm -hmm. uh that are listening regardless of if they join your program or even can yeah, so I own the domain, um, thefutureofhappiness.com. Uh, um, in the last year, I actually took that off the, the internet, and there's a, somewhat of a strategy behind that. We were selling uh, the ebook, um, The Future of Happiness. It sold, it did well. Um, but then I started following up with some people, uh, because for me, if, you know, to me, it's not about making any money, right? Like, sure, that's great. But unless you're creating change, um, to me, it's not worth it. And so there was not an accountability piece built into just downloading an ebook. And I think there's enough ebooks out there and there's enough self-help books. Um, and I think that's great because I read plenty of them and it helps certain degrees, but Ours is so much more of an intimate experience and having honest conversations. And so the only two ways now to access into that is through one of our immersion programs um, or doing some private consulting with us. And the pricing on that is very fair um, compared to other people doing, I'm not going to say the same thing, but uh, similar areas, you know, okay, because cool. we want we, we, I want, I want to look back in 20, 30 years and, and, and see, um, you know, oh, I worked with this person that created a cool startup helping kids, you know, or this kid went to college for this and is now, you know, a lawyer or whatever it may be. That's the return for me. Absolutely. I, I think that's awesome. And at the end, uh, yeah, you can, you can shout out any links or URLs or a way to get you uh, get in contact with you and any other information. Uh, and we'll put all these up on the show notes on under30experiences.com slash blog so everybody can get the, the good stuff. Uh, but Josh, I wanted to go back to uh, a few things. One is that you mentioned the hidden genius. And mm -hmm. I am reading uh, a book by 
management guru Peter Drucker, and I think it's called、mm-hmm. the Effective Executive.、Um, mm-hmm. And in this book, they talk about forgetting your weaknesses. And just、mm-hmm. focusing on your、mm-hmm. strengths. And for、yep. so long, personally, I tried to improve where I was weak. And、mm-hmm. uh, yeah, sure, I've maybe I've always been attuned to what my hidden geniuses、uh, mm-hmm. have been, but I haven't fully capitalized. Really, I don't believe that in my life I fully capitalized、uh, on that because I spend. I do still spend a lot of time doing things that I feel that I need to do、uh, to、mm-hmm. be a good entrepreneur, but they aren't my core strengths. And so, could、mm-hmm. you talk a little bit on your、uh, stance on that and what you teach in your course? Yeah, you know. You're at a different spot, right? Than a lot of people maybe listening to this.、Sure. Um, I think that in the beginning, you have to do what it takes, right, to put、sure. food on the table. So you're going to be doing a lot of things you don't want to do. Sure.、Um, and I think that, in in and of itself, really separates a lot of people from you know either succeeding or not, right? Like they might not like accounting, and they're like, yeah. I'm going to hesitate on starting a business because I don't like accounting. Well, that's just an excuse. So go learn accounting or don't start a business, right?、Um, so the people in the beginning, I think they need to embrace learning all aspects of it because one thing is, if you have an area of your business that you don't understand, the likelihood of you being taken advantage of in that area is high, right? So maybe little learn a little bit of accounting, a little bit of web design here and there in the beginning because. Most likely, if you're just starting out in this process, you don't have a huge following. Sure.、Right? Um, but without a doubt, beyond that, you need to start looking at time as money, right? And you had mentioned that before. So let's say I don't like mowing the lawn, right? And it costs me two hundred bucks a month to mow a lawn. But within that time frame, I could take on three new clients at two hundred a month. Six hundred dollars versus two hundred dollars, and I get my lawn mowed. Right. <laughs> So when you break it down, you know, just common sense mathematically, yeah, you can start weighing. You know, if if Matt's really good at you know doing podcasting and it's growing his business up by X percent, and he's not doing, you know, I don't know what it is that you don't like doing, but、um, and can outsource that. Compare, you know, sure, is it is it working?、Um, and in many cases, you see that focus. I focus almost solely on my strengths.、Um, And I do like learning some stuff on the side here and there, hobbies and whatnot. I think that's healthy, like we've said. But、um, when you can really hone in on that, I think that's that's the gold for sure. I agree. And since I hired an assistant, that、mm-hmm. had just been a game changer for me to take care of so many of the tasks that、uh, were time consuming for me that I wasn't necessarily、mm-hmm. good at, and that.、Uh, I could have easily delegated,、uh, and、mm-hmm. so that's that's been amazing. But while I was doing my research and weighing my options as to, oh,、uh, do you know, I I like to think of myself as a humble guy. Do I really need an assistant? I mean, come on, who、mm-hmm. do you think you are? That you have all this this self talk like, ah.、Uh, 
Josh, who do you think you are? You can't mow your own lawn. You're uh, you're mm -hmm. an upstate New York kind of guy. What are the neighbors gonna think when they're out there mowing, uh, you know, mowing two, three, four times a month? That yep. know, people have these stories in their head. But mm -hmm. anyway, I, I read a uh, Harvard Business Review article, and it was called "The Case for Employees." And uh, sorry, mm -hmm. the case for assistance and there's a real simple mathematical equation is mm -hmm. does this person's salary uh, there's mm -hmm. a break-even point what's this person's salary and mm -hmm. how much uh how much more money can you make with them in place so if you pay them mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't have to be assistance it could be the lawn mowing guy and, and just like yep. the example that that you gave so um i really like that and i'm curious if uh, you find that millennials are more open to these ideas or maybe some of your clients are a little bit older, Gen X, uh, maybe some baby boomers, and maybe you find that you're having to teach old dogs new tricks. Uh, I'm curious how mm -hmm. generationally you see, uh, you see the progress. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think there's, from my observation, um, the millennials, without a doubt, I, I know and I see it have what it takes um, to really live a life that is true to them, right? So when we're looking at, let's say, 50 on up, okay, and this isn't stereotyping, it's just observation and it's not in all cases, um, it's there, they grew up in a time that was different, right. In terms of being happy to have a job, right. Mm -hmm. Happy to have insurance, uh, maybe a retirement, a 401k. So the mindset, their security and happiness came from having that in place. Right. And that's great. That worked. That's my parents. Uh, they're best friends of mine. They're amazing. I'm unbelievably lucky. And, um, and that's a lot of people in that age group, right? And that's not a bad thing because they produce, you know, amazing families and whatnot. But the millennials um, see things differently. And some people call it like selfishness or greed or whatever, but I don't think that, right? Like they're seeing, whether it's their parents or grandparents, um, get to a certain spot where they're wishing their days away, right? Because they're not being inspired or happy. And so millennials are saying, screw that. Like, I want to do a startup. I want to take Fridays off. You know, I want to travel the world. I want to work from my phone. And I think that takes as much gut for that as living the other life. Um, you know, and we're trying to really turn a wheel, you know, because the colleges and schools are still saying, go get a career, you know, work for a pension, do your 40 years of savings at 3% a year, which really never works out. Like, you know, it's just such an old school mentality. So on somewhere on my website, I always say that I'm really attracted to like, sort of like the rebels, right. And the unconventional types, um, because that's, th those are the next leaders for sure. 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 And, and just to reiterate, no matter who you are, your age group or 
if you're listening out there, you can take advantage of these tools, uh, the wealth of information mm -hmm. that is out there for you to be able to harness your mindset. I mean, you're already, if you're already, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or YouTube or wherever you're getting it, um, you're already really on the right path. And uh, yeah, I was just curious about uh, millennials because well, that, uh, that's our age group, and also that's my, personally, that's my mm -hmm. target market. But yep. we are with the podcast. I mean, it's, it's open to anybody, and that's what we say with under 30 experiences. I mean, sure, it's for ages 21 to 35, but it's mm -hmm. open, to, open to absolutely any, anyone who has the right mindset. Uh, yeah, and I'll chime in there quick. Sure. Um, is that, you know, the co-founder of Fit Kids with me, a retired school teacher. So you want to talk about a hardcore, awesome example, right? Like could have just totally wrapped it up, full retirement, you know, go sit on a beach. No, like she's, well, A, she's healthy, which makes a huge difference. So she's creative um, and an amazing human. Um, but she, there's that perfect example, right? So at any age, you can consciously make that choice. It's whatever the story is that you're telling yourself, right? Um, we have numerous people in their fifties that have this aha, like, Oh, I want to be a real estate investor. Oh, I want to move to Costa Rica and build a tiny home. Oh, I want to do this. So it isn't an age thing as much as a mindset, but I think the mindset is different, uh, in the majority, not all, um, in millennials in a good way. Absolutely. Um, and I wanted to, okay, so you've, we've talked a lot on the podcast about goals. We've talked a lot on the podcast about uh, values. So, and then I asked you, of course, the, yeah, I asked you a, a subsequent question on, um, I forget what your fourth module was, but I know I asked you about that, but I wanted to get into the execution section and make sure that people out there who set goals aren't on, uh, aren't going to fail like 92% of the people as, as you said. Um, so could you talk a little bit more about how we can ensure that people are succeeding? Yeah, for sure. So my phone was almost dead, Matt. So no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Yeah, so small wins. You need small wins. I posted this yesterday on Facebook um, because we know that health and, and whatnot can be a mechanism, but no matter what your goals are, you need to succeed over and over again. So I use the example of like um, one push-up a day for 30 days. Sure. That's it. Um you know, Ido Porto, I worked with him for three years as a private student. One of his challenges is hanging from a bar uh, for seven minutes a day for 30 days. Whoa. Yeah. And now it's not seven minutes in a row. It could be 10 seconds at a time. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. But the the philosophy behind that is, is achievement. Sure. Right? And uh, again, I... That's why I don't like to put us in the fitness category because I think overall, not in all cases, I have numerous great examples of people doing it right, but they're setting people up in many cases with goals um, that aren't achievable, right? Or they're overwhelming. Um, you know, let's lose 60 pounds in six months because if you cut carbs by this much, this is going to happen. 
Uh, not necessarily, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so achievable goals long-term will create an addiction. And then Absolutely. Once, once you're addicted, man, it's like um, you're just constantly looking for to upgrade the goals. Um, but I ask people here at our consultations that we do, um, what have you tried in the past and why have you failed? And man, that's it. You know, they just have um, set goals that are too big. They've joined facilities that don't support them and what's really important to them um, because they've never been asked what's really important to them, you know? Uh, absolutely. And uh, I, I'm curious if people are looking to get involved with any type of, whether it's a gym or a community or a place where they can be held accountable? What what should they look for? Well, um, the number one thing is uh, good people. <laughs> um, you know, I always say, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's 100% accurate. And so um, join a community of people that have like-minded goals. <laughs> okay. Right? So if you like traveling with millennials, right, under 30 experiences, like super awesome. Like you're not going to meet any better people for for what your values are. You know, Um, if your goal is to do a handstand, like, you know, maybe you need to be around people that can do handstands. Um, If you want to be a bodybuilder, you want to be a triathlete, you want to be a multimillionaire, you have to be surrounded with it almost at all times with people that live and breathe exactly what you want to do. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. But once you're around those people, what more? Okay, they're all in the same. Let's expand on that a little bit because you can get into, uh, God, if you were a bodybuilder and then all of a sudden you're realizing that, ooh, everybody in this community is uh, you, uh, is using steroids in a, a uh, unhealthy way, then maybe that's not the place that I want to be. So um, maybe it goes back down to values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, again, that's a shift in values there, right? You know, I think you said it perfect. So if you realize that, say, the bodybuilder life and community isn't truly what you want, you are, um, you have to upgrade your peer group, you know, pivot. Sure, sure. And, and what about in a coach? Uh, okay, yeah, this coach is going to help you, whether it's uh, mental, mentally or physically or spiritually. What should you look for in that person outside of just the general qualifications? Yeah, so first and foremost, the, the coach has to know what is it that makes you tick as a human. <laughs> why, I ask people, why do you want to be healthy? right? And it seems like an obvious question because everyone's like, yes, I want to be healthy. Not necessarily the case because again, if you're not living the healthy lifestyle and working towards that, maybe that's not important to you and that's okay. But once we can identify what it is makes that person tick, then we can create a program or a coach can actually create a program that helps them achieve that. Okay. That's, that's, that definitely, uh, makes sense. And if people are out there looking to find out what makes them tick, what would you suggest to them? Um, again, 
time, money, energy, and thoughts. So if you put in 80% of your effort into your kids every day, you know, uh, maybe you want to be healthy so you can see your kids get married someday. Sure. Right? Or you want to be able to walk up the ski hill while your daughter's in ski club, right? Um, and not watch from the bottom with all the parents that are out of shape, you know? Sure. So it, it's, it, it's, it, don't look too far, do too, too many um, deep dives into that. You already really know if you ask yourself the big questions, what makes you psyched up, you know? Sure. Uh, and, if, and if you don't, um, quite honestly, and this isn't a direct plug to you, but I'm sure you take it, is that travel. It's, I think that that is an amazing time to uh, experience new things, new cultures, new friends. Um, your website and media presence showing and highlighting that is like phenomenal, you know? like inspiring to me <laughs> well yeah well well thank you for that and uh, i always just like to remind people that they can do this anywhere they can take a little bit of time off and be a tourist in their own city in their own town go to you know go to the local lake or take a different way home from work or just just do something a little bit differently um than they than they normally would and and start to open up those those senses to to new things and where they can spend time uh, a little bit more time in thought so yeah that that's really good and and josh um as we start to come to a close i did want to ask you a little bit more about the curriculum that you've t developed for children. I know this stuff is not commonly taught in schools. Uh, so could you tell everybody a little bit more about what you're doing there? Yeah, so it, it all started um, when I met Tammy Alcott. Uh, she's the co-founder of Fit Kids With Me. Um, she was a 30-year health and PE teacher uh, she was a private client of mine um, at Co-Movement, and um, we spent the majority of our sessions uh, during her rest periods talking about the issues that she's seeing with kids, um, you know, obesity, lack of strength, muscular imbalances, no hand-eye coordination, poor balance, right? goes on and on. And so I was seeing very similar observations in adults like mid 40s 50s right like hip surgeries shoulder issues that we're hearing like bad knees um you know lack of basic nutrition knowledge like name some vegetables um and so we would go back and forth and we finally put our foot down and said look like instead of complaining about this maybe we should create a solution so kids can become um bulletproof Know, in their adult ages Sorry, and so we built out a PE curriculum K through 12 that focuses on 11 universal movements that lend themselves uh, to functional activities in adult life so our hopes are so students can learn those movements and enjoy them at a young age yeah, I'm gonna try something use them as they get older into adulthood and be healthy or functionally right um, we did some testing with students, so 71% of middle school students one push-up. Wow. 71%, 81% can't do a chin-up. And so the question I always pose to people is, do you think 
that it gets better with age. And the answer is no, it never does. And so how do we re reverse that? And that's through that physical education. And, um, you know, we supplemented it with a 7 through 12 curriculum that really opens students' eyes into a framework that's very similar as the future of happiness, um, you know, with values, dreams, genius, uh, community building activities, positive affirmations, mindfulness, um, caveman nutrition, uh, stress. Um, and we hired a team to put this together. And uh, at the end of the year, they walk away with a healthy roadmap. And that's a, a resource that they could use at any age. Like it's written for kids, but even if adults uh, used it, it would help tremendously. <laughs> great, great. Uh, I'm just remembering all of the health, just the health classes that were designed to scare the shit out of kids uh, instead of actually giving them a roadmap to to a healthy, happy lifestyle. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that's that's really amazing. Josh, I want to do a qu quick couple rapid fire uh, questions for you as, as we wrap up. Uh, the theme is going to be things that people can do in just five minutes. Uh, so, uh, my first question for you was, what's the best five-minute workout that somebody can do? Uh, row intervals, rowing intervals. Excellent. Uh, what's the best five-minute mental exercise that somebody can do? Uh, take 100 deep, conscious breaths. 100. Beautiful. In the belly, lay on your back, belly breathe 100 times. Beautiful. And uh, what's the best five-minute meal you would suggest somebody eating? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I Yeah, so my go-to is 90% dark chocolate um, with avocado. <laughs> Excellent. It's a little random, but it's 500 calories of pure healthy fat, and I love it. So Awesome. I've actually never done this five-minute rapid-fire session uh, with anybody before. I just thought of it on the fly right now. But uh, the point is that, I mean, shit, if you took the next 15 minutes and did those three things, you'd be on your way to a uh, to probably a happier, healthier life. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Josh, where can people find more out uh, about you and your work? Yeah, so our main landing page uh, is comovement.com, co-movement.com. Um, you know, most of the people find us through that. Social media, uh, co-movement, you find us on Facebook. Instagram, uh, co-movement.hq, so co-movement.hq. Uh, we have a growing following there, some cool stuff. Um, and yeah, fit kids, fitfuture.com. Super simple. Uh, there's free downloads there. Um, we give away the hidden genius lesson or a portion of it for kids. Um, we want to put it into the hands of as many kids as possible. Josh, well, thanks for sharing all these amazing resources with us and I uh, really appreciate your time. Yeah, no, Matt, thank you so much. I'm very appreciative of this and, um, you know, I'm looking forward to working with custom experiences in under 30 in the future. So thank you. What's up, Live Denver Podcast listeners? It is last call. If you want to come this 
early October to Bali, Indonesia with me for an awesome yoga and mindfulness retreat. I encourage you to head over to under30experiences.com because we have just a couple seats that have opened up. And if you want to take your yoga practice, your practice of mindfulness to the next level, as well as see an amazing culture, an amazing uh, area of the world where we just have a pretty incredible local contacts where we get to walk through the rice paddies and visit the home temples. There are over a million temples on the island of Bali, and we have access to some that are inside people's homes, which is really pretty incredible experience there uh, with our local guide. So if you want to get on that, check it out at under30experiences.com, and you will notice a new trip up there, our most premier trip yet to New Zealand. Uh, there's not a lot left to say other than it is one of the adventure capitals of the world. So if you're into that, would love to see you out there as well as I would love to see you on Instagram at Matt Wilson TV as my handle. If you'd like to check that out, uh, I would be more than happy to engage with you directly. Send me a message. I know it's where all the cool kids are hanging. Uh, it's where I publish all my travel photos and I try to include nice little snippet of daily life lessons that I've learned on the road. So uh, I'd love to interact with you, have you be part of our community in a greater way. Those are some of your options. And finally, if you could do me a huge favor, I would really appreciate if you have gotten value out of this podcast and think that it is worthy of other people knowing about it, head on over to iTunes and please leave me a five-star review because I have published over, uh, no, how many? 100 episodes, well over 100 episodes, and uh, really put a lot of time and effort into putting out this independent content, content, and I'd like to have it be more discoverable for other people, and I need your help. So a review would be a great way to say thanks Thank you very much for listening and being part of this community. Again, I hope to see you somewhere awesome soon.